Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. And on this special bonus episode, I have one of my fellow investigators from Shadow Walker Paranormal, uh, Mike. What's going on? How are we doing tonight, guys? Yeah, good. And I, I remember I was um, talking to Megan about this. And I was this is with a previous team we had that I wanted to try to get every member uh, <laughs> on the podcast to interview. Uh, but... Yeah, so now we, we're good going with this. Um, I guess the people who have not met you, we've done a couple of lives together already. So if anyone ever went to see our lives, they know who you are. But um, I guess give a small uh, bio. Okay. Um, I'm Mike Pazinski, um, part of Shadow Walker Paranormal. Um, with Isaac, uh, I have experienced some near, well, some death experiences in the last couple of years that have really woke me up spiritually. Um, since my spiritual journey, um, I've been doing ghost investigations and trying to help things cross over. Um, and I almost feel like I have a purpose to help things that we can't see all the time. Um, and to teach people that there are more than what you can see and more than you can fathom. Um, and that there are real things out there that you can't see that are around you every day. And I remember Asia, I told when we talk about you on the podcast and uh, me and Megan bring up like our haunted updates and other things. Um, I always say that your psychic ability uh, always lies in almost a shamanistic kind of style. Like you're like yeah, a leader, I, like a guide. I, w- I would say more of a guide. Um, I don't like to lead too much because if you lead, you're, you're almost doing everything for the person, but to guide is to allow them to pick and to walk their journey, but walk it with them. So yeah. yes, correct. Uh, and you know, it's funny. I I think I've asked you a couple of times, but how long you've actually been in the paranormal game? Um, in the in the actual paranormal game, like actually doing investigations and stuff. Uh, it's uh, was twenty. I would say about three, four years now. Mm. Three years. Where did you start with twenty? You went three. <laughs> Well, I was thinking 2018 is when my surgery was. Oh, okay. and how far, you know, I've always been interested. I've, you know, I've always recorded ghost adventures and stuff like that. It's not something that's new to me. It's something I've always had an interest in and always knew there was more out there. Um, always got in trouble in church and stuff for saying that that can't be right. You're contradicting yourself. Um, you know, I always knew there was something more out there, but, you know, my slap in the back of the head was about 2018, 2019, um, uh, that really put me on my path. And that was like one of your, because you died how many times? Three. Three times, that's right. And one of your last ones really basically pushed you on the path that you currently are now. Yes, sir. Um, They basically, we we had a good conversation that I remembered. um, And they showed me some things that I needed to see. Um, that put me on the path. There's a reason I'm still here. Yeah. And that's good to know sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean, everyone always looks for their purpose in life. Some of us are just distracted by other maintained mundane things before we actually find it. But you yeah. found yours. Well, you had to die to find yours. <laughs> yeah. Do, do Well, you know, do That's why I, when I say duality keeps you held in, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Duality really keeps people from their spiritual self. Um, being able to step away, you know, going through something like I went through. Yeah, it was a good knock in the back of the head. 
but with the right guidance um, and the right little nudge in the right direction or saying that one thing that catches their, just catches that spark um, will actually ignite that fire in everybody. You know what I mean? You, you don't have to die to go through the experience. You just got to be willing to, to learn and to be open-minded to go through the experience. Yeah. Um, I know you've always been, you've been well, a help, big help ever since we first met. And funny enough, we first met was almost about a year ago. Yeah. Like this month. Um, I don't yeah. remember the exact date, but it was a recording with our, the previous uh, team that you were part of. Um, yep. And afterwards, after we were done doing an interview, it, me and uh, a couple of guys were talking and you were in the background, like you, we actually in part of the interview at all. You were just in the back. And some of the things you were mentioning off about me uh, was like hitting right on point. Yeah. 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 When we first met, there was a connection. I can definitely tell that. Um, it was like we knew each other for a very long time. And again, that was through what we're doing now through the phone. So um, I'm learning that this ability is I'm able to send it. I'm, I'm able to reach. Um, like I said, with the Ethereal Sisters, I've been talking to uh, PETA and she's all the way in Australia. And I'm able to help her and read things that she's going through there, which is pretty phenomenal um, that you can do that through the phone. So learning, learning some new tricks. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like, I've been saying, I tell people when we do interviews like this over zoom um, is that whatever's on my side, can go to their side whatever's on their side can go to my side and invite and transfer through because um, technology and it's, in it's essence can do more than what we think it does. Um, yeah. He's transferring energy back and forth. Uh, and I can actually start doing my ability pulling through the actual phone or camera screens. And it's not mm-hmm. as powerful as it was be if I was actually there, but it does kind of get Work. the job done. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, I know you probably, well, yeah, I know you've done more investigations than I have, uh, when it comes to certain places, but, uh, what was one of the, I guess, one of the places, I guess, for people listening, that you've investigated that really like, like shook you? Um, I know most things don't really shake you, but something that you came across is like, oh shit, something's here. Um, honestly, that would that would have to be down there on Witching Road. Um, we went to a, a particular place out in the Crotan that, um some uh some people were conjuring some things and messing with some things that they shouldn't have been messing with um i would have to say that that was the first time that in a while that i felt like we weren't going to be able to do it you know what i mean like hey this is impossible it's almost too much um but then something told me that you know something's coming to help us and lo and behold you did yeah i don't <laughs> i don't know you see what I'm saying? That's when you came into the picture. So um, it's kind of a unique thing now that I even think about it that way. Um, us coming together, you were needed at the time too. Um, that was the one time in the recent that's really rocked me because the emotion in the place and they literally sacrificed a more than one child there and more than one animal there. So like it is a very, I don't know, it's a very sinister feel to it. And then when we were done, it was a very native pan, 
um, like there was an elemental watching over that area now. Yeah, no, actually, um, I saw him, or at least yeah. I, in my third eye, I guess I saw him. Uh, and, and people will talk about their third eye and stuff like that. And it essentially helps you see the unseen. Something as you see an imagery of what's in front of you, and then you see it in your mind. And what I saw was it looked like a Native American man walking through the woods, but he had like a, a giant antlers on his head. Like he was wearing like a headpiece. It was like giant antlers. And some people would say, oh, skinwalker. But I didn't get the vibe that he was dangerous. It was almost like he was walking through, like watching the land. And it's it just the fact that he had like a giant headpiece antler on thing in his head, which is funny enough, because I remember you showed me uh, a video that you listened to recently, I guess on YouTube or whatever, but like a uh, Native American trumpet or something. And it had that imagery as their background yeah. on the video. Yeah. yeah, the shamanic, uh, the it's the shamanic drum journey. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty interesting. That I had been listening to that way before you said you seen him, and that's kind of what I was thinking was there. Um, and then don't remember, uh, don't forget also that night after we did what we did, um, I gave up one of my bracelets uh, and put it on the tree. And Moments later, we saw something dart across the road, and we were watching. It was a raccoon ran up and grabbed the bracelet and ran off with the bracelet. And so um, this is after the, the investigation of me, you, uh, our last thing we were part of, uh, went out there and to try to help uh, the spirit of the girl. Because I remember Megan was talking about her connection to her, how she saw her yeah. and stuff like that. And I remember, I think after I did my uh, ground pool, um, which everybody was listening to this episode without knowing my ability for per hand. I have a whole episode on it. Just go back and listen to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, after I did the ground pull, most of the time when I explain to people the energy that I feel when I pull from the ground, it all has sometimes shapes. But this wasn't essentially a shape. It was almost like like essence. Like it felt like I was in basically described to somebody like pulling a wet sock out of a toilet. It was stuck, but it was like liquid oil goop, like tar, like feeling that I was pulling out. Yeah. I was pulling from the ground and then just like, uh, but yeah, after, after that was done and um, yeah, I remember you, you, you gave your bracelet and you heard the raccoon go pick it up. Yep. Yeah. That was pretty, uh, a little bit of validation that we did the right thing. You know what I mean? Cleaning, cleaning that part of the crow tan, getting rid of that evil that was there, that, that really rocked my world and really solidified where I'm at right now. Yeah. I know amongst many of the things you did, and I think when people watch the uh, the roundtable that you were part of, it was a second investigator roundtable that I did, which I think is coming out October 15th, um, which is either before or after someone's listening to this. So, okay, whatever, October 15th. Anyway, um, <laughs> you, uh, I think it'll be after. Yeah. You were telling a story about um, one of uh, the many things you experienced as an investigator is exorcisms. Yes. Yeah. And I think I asked you beforehand, we started recording. You think I asked you if you could tell a firsthand encounter without giving away, I guess the person's name, but yeah. es- essentially like how it was in the room, how it felt and stuff like that. Cause I know me being me with this, this gift of mine and you being you and us on this crusade of fighting evil, essentially yes. um, we will encounter something like that again. But uh, I guess for listeners, they probably have heard a few stories, but I know anything from us, because like I've told people in the past, um, we haven't experienced everything we talk about. No. We experience most things we talk about in the podcast. But uh, hearing a firsthand encounter from someone who actually had been in the room and, you know, 
course, performed it themselves. It'll be interesting to listen to. Okay. So, um, you know, right off the bat, um, I was new to the game, um, was asked to go on an investigation to evidence during this. Um, when we got to the location and I stepped out of the vehicle, just in and we parked in the road, not in the driveway or in the yard, but out on the road on the curb, just getting out in front of the house, you could feel it. Um, just very ominous, very heavy, uh, and very uh, painfully sad is the only way I can explain it. Um, when we walked up and they introduced me to the individual, um, I could feel it on him right off the gate. Like it was just like he had it on his back. Um, And in my mind's eye, all I could see was like this thing just holding like on him. You know what I mean? And even his posture and everything, you could tell like he was just hunched over. Like he, he just, and he's, he's not, he's a very physical guy. So for him to look the way that he looked, like you could tell, like just something was off. Um, when we walked into the house, I wasn't welcome right off the bat. Um, I felt very hot, uh, very anxious and very, uh, that flight or fight response happening. Um, at that point I was approached and was told, um, the, the investigator was on the phone with a powerful psychic and, um, that that psychic said that I was going to be the catalyst and that, I was the one that they were waiting on. And at that point, like my whole role in the whole ordeal took shift. Um, it became more of me focusing on what they were asking me to focus on and then praying and then waiting to see what happened. Um, right off the bat, you know, he got the, the subject got very agitated. Um, he was agitated the whole time we were there almost like he was uncomfortable with us being there. Um, and the funny thing was, is the lead investigator was really good friends with this guy. Um, and he was part of the original team at the time, but had touched something he shouldn't have. Um, and that's how he got his possession. Um, at first it kept showing itself as a dark misty cloud loaded the floor no more than about two feet off the floor, but very ominously black, like clouds coming across the floor. And it came real low. Um, and then, like, you could feel it down by your ankles. You could feel the cold. You could feel the hair on the back of your neck stand straight up. We started hearing knocks and scratches behind the walls. Um, at that point, they decided that it was time to start the process of ridding him of this thing. Um, one of the first things we did was put him in a bath of salt um, and blessed him. And while that was being done in the bathroom, we were saying prayers and actually trying to bless the house um, in and ble- trying to bless the house. This thing gets cornered in the closet, in the master bedroom closet. Um, we set up, you know, cameras and stuff to film the closet and stuff. And there was some noises, a lot of growls, a lot of EVPs. Um, This is where it may get a little weird for some people. Um, I was sitting on the bed 
and it was completely dark because of course we're trying to get evidence of everything going on around us. So we're sitting there praying and talking and, um, the, the man in the lead, um, had a crucifix and he shined his light behind the crucifix. So it would cast a shadow towards the closet. And at that point I saw something that rocked, I wouldn't say rocked my belief system, but solidified that there was more out there than there is. Um, what I saw was basically it wasn't human. It was humanoid, um, large, really black, ominous. Like and when you looked into them, it was the depths of hell. Um, there wasn't like horns per se, like protruding, but there were horns. Um, I'm almost like nubs, like shorter, like nubs, um, very big nose, uh, very big smiley with very sharp teeth. And when he breathed, you could smell sulfur. Um, at that point, when I seen it, I jumped up off the bed and kind of took lead of everything and started praying. Um, I don't know what came over me. Um, I felt a light and angelic presence um that really kicked me into gear and i ran up to the closet um and the whole team freaked out because they said they saw a shadow person in the closet what i saw was not a shadow person um when i ran up to its face and started praying and telling um archangel michael to to cast him back to hell um and for Gabriel to come in and protect the team and stuff like that. I started praying in its face. All of a sudden this thing started screaming like it was in agony. And I saw what looked like, and I know this is going to sound weird, but like pixies flashes of light all over the closet. And it, they were swirling this thing. And next thing I know the light that I was feeling like lit up the whole closet and then all of a sudden there was nothing but a black mark on the floor where this thing was standing and then it went all completely dark again and as soon as it went dark the house changed the guy's temperament changed the whole house felt different the animals were acting different the kids in the house were acting different um and I had a connection with the person um, and had seen some of the things that he had done that left himself open to this. I don't know why that was shown to me, but I relived some of his sins. Um, and that's between that's between us. But um, they were real heavy. They're extremely heavy. Um, and he needed to work on those things. He needed to fix what he had done in the past and change the way he was living and come to his spirituality um, because he was in the military and he experienced some very graphic bad things that he needed to let go. You know what I mean? Mm. And uh, once that happened, his life, as far as I know, he hasn't backed down. He's been doing what he does. Um, and and as far as I know, he's been doing good since then and everything changed for him. Um, he believes in different things now. He doesn't, 
he was always the uh, the the one that said no no no. Now he's more of a believer. Um, once you go through something like that, I'm, I mean, how how couldn't you be? Um, but that's the, the that's actually the first exorcism. I mean, there was a lot more going on there that you know I'm, I I don't want to share too much. Um, but uh, that was the first one. Um, and then, of course, the second one was a lot easier. And the third one was just laying my hands on somebody and guiding them through it. Um, it was a lot quicker. The third one happened within 30 minutes on my front porch. Um, you know, the first one, they had been trying for days to get rid of it. Um, and then that night with me got rid of it. And then on the second one, it took us two weeks of investigating, trying to figure out what we were dealing with. And where it was coming from. And then once we found out where it was coming from, took about three or four nights of actually praying and fighting it to get rid of it. Um, and then, like I said, the third one happened in 30 minutes. So uh, I wouldn't say I'm getting better at it, but I have no fear of it no more. Um, I have a healthy respect, but no fear. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I think some of them I've been easier than others i don't don't know what case situation they were in but uh oppression someone who being oppressed seems to be a little easier to snip the the connection than someone who's fully possessed this is what i've been reading in demonology and stuff like that when it comes to actual possession versus oppression oppression leaves you someone is being mentally affected they're getting depressed they're getting attacked they have nightmares they're they're distancing themselves from friends and loved ones um, they're angry all the time. They can't explain why. Yep. That's basically I've, I've told people this multiple times, and, and I think different episodes on a podcast is that in levels of oppression, you you uh, you're 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 basically being beaten down your will, so you're open for possession. And I think after yep. someone gets possessed, then it gets harder because actually it's in and like a parasite is hard to pull that out. Well, it it honestly what it does is it. To explain how they prey on us, they wait until we're at our lowest, and then they swoop in acting like they're something they're not, and they offer something that they can't give. And at that point, you become trustworthy with it, and it's almost like you're giving it the opening to step through. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and every case the people have done something that they knew they should have not done that opened the door in every case. Um, so in the first case, I don't want to talk about that too much. The, the first case is a little too graphic. The, the, okay. So the, the second case um, was my wife in the succubus. Um, so with that one, it was, she made a deal with when, when she was at her lowest and I was in the hospital and I had died and, you know, they told her that I had died and I was having complications and that I was having a hard time waking up after the surgery and this, that, and the other at her lowest point, she made a deal with it. Um, it actually approached her. She said, you know, I'll do anything if you make sure that he's okay and he's healthy. Um, I'll give you anything. And of course it, it took, it took what it wanted. Um, you know, it, it tried to take her. Um, so she made a deal with it. Uh, the first one kind of, he was told not to do so. He was told not to touch nothing, something, and he touched it. 
I don't want to get too involved in that. That goes with cursed objects. He touched a cursed object that really messed his whole world up and he should have never touched it. Um, and then the third one um, was actually the, the spouse was causing it. Um, and the spouse wasn't willing to deal with it. And then I tried to help him. Um, but unfortunately he went right back into the same situation. So he's not, I'm learning that I have to do these things with people that are willing to keep it up. If they go back to the original oppression stage, these things will come right back for them and I can't protect them. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't, um, so with the third one, I did realize that, that, you know, maybe I shouldn't have wasted my time and let him make his own decision. I kind of pushed things because of the team I was with. Um, and I will not do that no more. Um, I don't push things no more. Um, if anything, I have a very healthy respect and I ask things to leave first and then I will demand they leave. And then if I can't demand that they leave, then Isaac will yank them off the plane and send them where I don't have to worry about them no more. Yeah, you're giving me too much, uh, uh, too much flowers in a sense like that. I've yet to come across, and I, I, I've mentioned this on different interviews that I've done in the past, and I think we're on the round tables. They're, they're avoiding you. Yeah, and round tables that we've done in the past is that my final test to this ability of mine is if I can either, worst case scenario, weaken the entity to a point where someone can just say leave and it's gone, or best case scenario pull it out of somebody like i'm basically you know pulling essentially pulling it out of them as as easy as uh as it would be the same as you're doing a ground pull except you would be doing a body pull yeah and basically ripping it out of them and then it's it's gone it's gone from them and it's gone altogether uh and like i said when that happens and we'll most likely talk about the podcast depending on whether the person allows them to but um like I said, it's yet to happen. And when I say it's, yet, it's it's around the corner and we keep getting tested by smaller, what I call gremlins or schmeagles. Um, the big ones are in the, they're on the boundaries, man. They're, they're, they're worried. I ain't gonna lie. They're worried. Well, we, if, we've, caught, yeah. we've caught some attention. Yeah. We've caught some attention. I've been, I mean, you can, you've even said that you've had things come at you that you've had to like get away. You know what I mean? Um, those things are being sent to check just to see where we're at. Um, it, I think is really hoping that we weaken, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but unfortunately it, it's starting to really, it, 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 it's not unfortunate either. It's fortunately it's starting to realize that we're not weakening. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're coming. It'll come. No, I, I tell people that um, me and Megan's house is haunted, but not into the level that most people think. Like things are flying around the house all the time. It's it's we have people who show up consistently, either asking for Megan's help or they feel safe here. Um, like recently, <clears throat> excuse me, um, we have a little boy here, and he shows up every now and then. He actually showed up last night when me and Megan were just talking, and um. He is the one I actually saw him only for a brief second. Um, he was sitting, he was kneeling, and I remember just seeing a white shirt and I guess the head of hair. Um, but he was playing with Killian's toys. And I, we guesstimate he's roughly around the same age as Killian, or like six or seven, around that same age. Um, but he's, yeah, what do you say? What? 
That's the portal in your house. You have transient spirits. That's what I call transients. Oh, okay. They keep coming and going. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, like I said, and we have consistent things come at us because of the fights we picked, um, investigating and stuff like that. Some people, investigators who pick fights not knowing or at least not having the ability to protect themselves, um, end up getting attachments and stuff like that. I think it's one of the points we brought up in uh, the roundtable we did, but uh, we protect our house over 10 times over trying to make sure nothing can get in. And those who try to make their way through the, uh, the fence line, essentially, which is a salt line, uh, I, I'll take care of them. Um, But yeah, nothing is really like bothered us by that, but yeah, like they, there is a consistent presence of entities that are coming to our place looking for a fight. Yep. Yeah. And that's a scary thought for some people to hear, but I mean, just that's the reality of what a parent investigator, especially one dealing with two psychics in the house have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And what people need to realize too, is there, we try to clean up what we can clean up, which means that the universal law is free will. Some spirits are comfortable where they're at and they do not want to move on. At that point, it is their will and their free will that allows them to stay where they're at. And that is okay. Um, as long as they're not negative, you know what I mean? Um, a lot of them are depressed or they, they're heavy, but they're not negative. Um, so we don't necessarily, you, you don't want to, there's people like us. So you don't, you don't walk up to somebody and just tell them what to do. And they don't even know who you are. You don't, you don't do that. Um, so there are some that we're not going to be able to clean up, but we will be able to clean up a lot in certain areas. Um, and you know, I've had people ask, well, you know, if you do that, what about the investigators that come behind you? There's going to be something there. Um, I want you guys to remember that there's more than one type of haunt. There's residual hauntings. There's the energy that is in the walls. And then there's the spiritual plane and they all kind of, meshed together and there even though we clean a place there's always going to be something around um these things are always around they always come in and out um they're always coming around you um and i don't know i i think that's part of my goal is to guide people into knowing that these these things are here um and they are messing with you they are affecting your health. They are affecting the people around you. Um, you know, if you think that you're in the worst spot in your life and you're really bad off depressed, reach out because I mean, depression is one of the biggest things that will cause um, oppression and possession. Um, if you feel like something's off in your life, it is probably something spiritual. So reach out if you need help. Um, those kinds of things. That's what I want to do. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it's, it's I guess one of the reasons why I mean, I stuck with you <laughs> as long as we have so far when it comes to paranormal game. Um, Cause like I, I've, I've, I've told different investigators or at least I've, I've learned that there's different investigators out there when it comes to paranormal research and paranormal investigating and ghost hunting as, as some of them call it. Is that somewhere out there just to, get famous to be the next ghost adventures be the next ghost hunters right that kind of uh getting clout from 
from all the videos they post on YouTube or their Instagram or something like that. Like, oh, look what I caught. Look what I caught. That's that's the only reason they do it. And there's others out there that are going out looking for meaning, looking for the answers and the afterlife. And if they catch evidence along the way. That's that's great. And they're, they're trying to basically prove to people like this exists and you get taken seriously. Um, and then there's us, which we our main mission is to go to a place clear it of any dark entities and help those uh, human spirits that are wanting to cross over can't cross over move to the other side and those who want to stay behind can and they're they're, they're able to live or um, live, go. stay in their, their their location without worry of dealing with anything that might bully them around yeah yeah they're trying to mess with your electronics right now they, they don't want this message going out why did i go out for a second yeah yeah we both did no. I froze and, and then your your voice went out. But uh they don't like that message. They don't like us getting that message out there. Um we we need to wake people up. It's time for people to take the little red pill and realize that the rabbit hole is real. You know what I mean? All right, Wolfius. <laughs> uh, no, but my, my hope is one of the main reasons I like investigating even there always I would even collect evidence is to help the scientific community accept the paranormal as a form of science and study it at the level they do anything else, whether it's fringe science yeah. or not to study it and maybe and find maybe, maybe some higher technological advances that could help investigators like ourselves do stuff. Cause I remember I had the idea I, it would take an electric engineer or somebody to um, uh, design a device that would work like my ability but on a small scale, like maybe like a uh, a, a grenade that you throw or something uh, that would absorb all the energy in one spot and like pull it all into itself, and you would basically have it trapped in like a a device. But that made me think of like the Ghostbusters uh, device that they trap the, uh, the the entities in after they suck them in with a gun. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, I've seen this before, but not uh, not how I described it. But essentially, that would be it. And um, but that's not too far fetched. Now that I think about it with current technology and how might it go in the future. That's what I'm saying. Like if people really knew how much the imagination gives you signs or gives you truth that we just think it's our imagination playing on games with us. <coughs> Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's something I, I know you, you've been part of it. I, we just talked about something very dark, but I want to talk about something light, I guess. Uh, <laughs> helps people. But you've talked about feeling the angelic presence. Um, yes. And one of the moments we helped a lot of spirits cross over was at the library. And I remember um, how the it felt to me because my left hand charged all the way up to my arm, which I never felt anything on the positive side that powerful before. But right. I want to know like your description so people can hear it. Like how when you feel the angelic presence, how it feels to you. Um it's it honestly is almost like an inner fire um that radiates outward. Um and it's the greatest love, the greatest peace that you could feel, honestly. Um, it's like uh, everybody has their one thing they remember from their childhood that gives them complete comfort like wrapping up in a blanket on a nice sunny hot day laying in the sun or 
laying on the beach and feeling the sun on you, that light feel like um, it's like all those times 10 uh, for me. Uh, when they are around, I get very amped. Um, and my son actually made that comment tonight. He says, Dad, you know, when most people pray, they calm me down. But when you pray, you excite me um, like I'm ready to go do something like I'm ready to conquer the world. Uh, that's the difference. Um, it's it's a different kind of energy. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I believe in the, that there is a creator and I believe that he's in charge. But the angels wouldn't be put where they're at or the watchers, if you want to call them the watchers or the higher beings or um, the seventh dimensional beings that I'm talking about. Um, there are people out there that understand what I just said. Um, everybody's got a different thought on what they are, what they look like. And that's OK that everybody's got their own perception. And that's what it should be is your own perception. Um, but. It's a very warm, loving, peaceful, comforting. Um, I feel like I cannot be touched in that moment. Um, and usually people around me feel it. A lot of people around me will feel it. Um, certain people will start crying. Certain people will start uh, just feeling really good, loving, want to hug somebody. Um, you know, it, it's, it radiates outward. And, but it's very powerful. And I guess the closest I've, I mean, you always, uh, I guess the closest I've ever felt to that, I mean, other than feeling the actual, what it is, what it is. Um, but the, the feeling in a room, I think after we really take care of something that's dark into a location, um, it just feels lighter. Like you can feel the, 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 the vibe in the room just change like it's it no longer feels angsty or or, or sad yeah. or anything it feels peace it feels like calm yeah. it feels like you're tired and you just sat into a comfy couch that really relaxation sensation going throughout you and like yeah. you don't have a care in the world and like i remember like only a couple of times i've ever experienced that is when we helped all those spirits cross over and then that one time i, I was present for megan helping the little boy cross over um yeah him leaving and stuff like that and him going on. But um, I guess that's the best way I, you, I've been able to describe it to people, but yeah, your way actually is a lot more in depth. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's been happening to me a lot, so <laughs> it happens a lot. Right. And they're not always nice either. They're very, um, um, angels you you got to be careful because like you 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 will if you go too far they'll make sure you know they'll smack you um if you get too far away or doing something you're not supposed to and you're in touch with them they let you know they they really have a way of getting your attention let's put it that way i know you're talking about what did you tell that story that you meditated and how far you went (laughs) um I one day I, I wasn't feeling right. I was feeling very off and needed to meditate. And I was in my body was in a lot of pain that day um, from stomach cancer. Um, but w- I sat in the shower um, and was listening to a meditation. Um, uh, I was trying to leave my body so I didn't have to feel the body pain. Um, and I did. Uh, I seen myself floating away. I felt better like i didn't feel no pain or nothing um 
but it was like I was ready to go. And then when I couldn't see earth anymore, um, something like I felt a presence behind me, like a, like, I, I don't know, like I was getting close to a sun, but it wasn't the sun. It was an angel. Um, and when I turned around, I couldn't look up cause it was just so bright. So I was, was kind of doing like, I remember doing this and he said, you've gone too far, go back. And I said, you know, I'm, how, what do you mean? I've gone too far. I haven't gone far enough. I'm, I'm comfortable here. And it was almost like a, a bright, you you don't belong here, go back. And it was like a smack of light that just threw me instantly right back into the shower. And it was a shock. It was, it was a heck of a shock. It, it knocked me flat into the shower. And I thought I was actually going to pass out from it. Um, it was a very sobering moment. Mm. Kind of like when you get in trouble by your, when you used to get in trouble by your dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you, it was a sobering moment. It wasn't as bad as you think, but it was enough to say, Hey, I need to listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I remember you actually told me that story. I want to say the fear of God, but I don't want to say God, but it would be the fear of the creator. You know what I mean? I had the fear of the creator put in me saying, go back. You know what I mean? <laughs> You've gone too far. All right. Um, I think we're almost going on an hour here. Um, I guess one of the I guess, final things I guess uh, I'll leave you to say is that if I know we've talked about the repair investigate and stuff like that, but if there is someone out there that wants to get more spiritual in a, in a, in a, in a way, um, but they don't know the exact routes to go about it. And essentially it has to be attached to one religion, but essentially they want to get more in touch with spiritualism and, and stuff like that. Uh, how would you, in your words, give someone that kind of advice? Don't settle for one box. Each religion has its own box, whether it's Catholic baptism uh, or Baptist, sorry, baptism uh, Baptist um, or you know what I mean? Uh, Buddhist, uh, Hinduism, any religion out there has a box. I ask that you open your mind and don't get stuck in one box. All religions are correct and all religions are wrong at the same time. I know that sounds like a conundrum. There are good in every box that you need to take good from all religions. and remember what they tell you about the bad in those religions because it's all true um whether you choose to believe it or not it is all true we do have meaning we do have a reason for being here did that sound right i kind of got off something's like i want to start preaching right now <laughs> yeah i mean it was good enough i i guess i would add in is essentially that uh, when it comes to spiritualism, don't yeah, like you said, don't set yourself on one box. And um, there's different ways Keep to interpret. Open mind. Yeah, basically, Keep an open mind. like when it comes to like crystals, stones, healing things, stuff like that. Everything out there is there's realisticness to them. There's also a lot of uh, called charlatans who are you know quick to get a good buck and stuff like that. But um, don't attach yourself to one thing and say this is what all spiritualism is about because spiritualism in a sense is not attached to one specific uh, belief system or even a, a way of interpreting it. Uh, we've right. learned that um, through a lot of different things we've done in the past, or at least how we yeah. uh, work as an investigation team. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, think about it. I mean, there's other dimensions. Do you think their religion is the same as ours? How could it be? Because they're, I mean, their dimension is different than ours. Do you see what I'm saying? Like you, it's all you, your spiritualism should be your self perception of your spiritualism. Your creator should be your creator, whatever name you want to put on it, whether it be a female or a male, whatever you want it to be, it should be yours. It's, it's something that you own that is yours alone. Um, nobody can give it to you. Nobody can teach it to you, but you can find it on your own by searching inward is the best way to put it. Mm. Where can everybody find you? Oh, uh, so we're at uh, Shadow Walker Paranormal on Instagram. Um, we also have the Hidden in the Shadows pod- podcast with Mr. Isaac there. Um, we have, what others are there? There's TikTok. Now where can I find you? Hang on. <laughs> um, uh, if you want to get a hold of me uh, specifically, I would, I would have to say Instagram. Um, look up Angelic Drum. Um, and that's me. Uh, if you want to message me, you can send me a message there. You want to reach out. Uh, uh, remember that, you know, I have to get to know you a little bit before I can, um, fix you or help you on your path. Um, but it usually doesn't take very long. Um, as long as you're willing to go through the steps, I can help. Yep. And as always, guys, you can catch us, uh, all our social medias, um, uh, Hitting the Shadows podcast on Instagram, Hitting the Shadows 6 on Twitter, Hitting the Podcast 2 on TikTok, or links to all our social media at Hitting the Shadows podcast.com. Also has links to our merch store where you can actually buy some shirts from us. Um, it's something I guess we haven't advertised much, but if you need uh, protection jewelry, uh, Mike actually makes uh, protection bracelets. Yes. And you can yes, do I, do, I do them on case style, though. I have to know what I'm making them for and who. Yeah. And that, that, if you want to get uh, a protection bracelet, you need it, and in specific reasons and stuff like that, you can message us through Shadow Walker Paranormal, um, and that's the best way to get hold of us through there. And also check out our paranormal team, Shadow Walker Paranormal. We can answer most questions, um, and if you need us on investigation or um, either help with some a case or even information of how help that need help in any kind of way, just feel free to message us through there. Um, and as always, guys. We'll catch your widows in the next one. Yeah.